0: Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Why are there? Give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours. Truly. Support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. Get that free Class 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. And, of course, you get great deals on new and forthcoming courses. I've got a new one out, 25 People Who Changed America. If you're on the email list, if you're a subscriber, you've already gotten the coupon. Lots of people have used it. So you want to hop over there and get that coupon because once it officially comes out, this is a pre-order, you won't get a coupon on it. So... Hop on over there, get that coupon. Also, if you want to support the show, click on the support tab at com. You can throw a few pennies my way, keep the lights on by that doing that. You can also purchase my books wherever books are sold online. The Southern Tradition and the Jefferson I'm sorry, the Southern Scribblings, excuse me, and the Jeffersonian Tradition are both of my newest books, so you want to get those. Also, you can click on the shop tab at com. get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. And as always, rate review and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Share the podcast around on social media. Do all you can to get people interested in the show because it is essential for our current struggle against massive centralization, which, of course, is what I've talked about this week. The Southern tradition, in many ways, is the enemy of centralization. And if you are someone who supports the Southern tradition, you're not supporting any of these isms, that are running around masquerading as conservative or leftist or whatever it is. I mean, uh, and we talked about that Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, yesterday, getting into Alan Gelzo's critique of the 1619 Project and the proposition nation nonsense, which is neoconservatism, right? It's, it's an ism. Um, so I, I want to emphasize how important tradition is. Now, all that said, today we're going to look at something entirely different I, in a way though I think it's an offshoot of everything we've talked about to this point. You see, I understand why conservatives want to use Frederick Douglass or Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King or any of these people as examples of American conservatism. I understand it. It's a calculated political move. Because the idea is that if you can do it, and if, you could, if you're Harry Jaffa and you can somehow make uh, equality be conservative then it takes that out of the hands of the other side. What do I mean by that? Well, then they can't run around saying that you guys are the antithesis of, of equality. You don't believe in equality. You, you're a racist, whatever it is. Right. Racism, which is a Marxist term, by the way. But you're all these things. So Joshua, jo, Jaffa, Joshua. Jaffa was making a political calculation in the 1970s when he essentially said conservatism, or equality is a conservative principle. And of course, Mel Bradford took him to task and I think pointed out conclusively it's not. But I understand why they do it. I understand why Alan Gelzo wants to make Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King conservatives. I understand it. Because in modern identity politics, which is an ideology, which is against tradition, now it's not proposition nation nonsense, it's an ideology. Tradition is not a proposition, nation nonsense. Uh, If you live in that world, then you want to say, well, we're the good guys. And so by making these people conservative, you supposedly take the fire out of the other side. Now, none of those people are conservative. Lincoln's not a conservative. Douglas is not a conservative. King's not a conservative. Elizabeth Cady Stanton's not a conservative. I mean, you can go down a litany of all these leftists that the conservatives like to use, the neoconservatives, the Straussians like to use, and saying these people are conservative, and then therefore, uh, we're you know we're in line with them. We're the real conservatives. We're nineteenth-century liberals. This is what they are. Nineteenth-century progressives, but we're the real conservatives. So, on the same token, it's understandable why in modern identity politics and where all this stuff comes from, why Michelle Obama would be someone that the left would consider as a major candidate for president in 2024. Because if Michelle Obama does run for president, and this is why you know people on the Republican Party are really worried about this, if Michelle Obama does run for president, she's going to win. Not because she's bright, because she isn't. Not because... She would be an effective president because she wouldn't. But she would win because of identity politics and because of isms. Because opposing her would then mean you're a racist. Opposing her would then mean you're a sexist. These are isms. Sexism, racism. Opposing her would mean all those things. And then, of course, you have this phenomenon that we talked, well, that I talk about in 25 People Who Changed America with Du Bois, where you have this phenomenon coming out of New England primarily that. Um, you know, you—it's a paternalistic attitude. Well, we have to help people. It makes me feel better about me because I help somebody that I think has always had a bad shake or has been inferior, right? So this is the this is the point. Now, Michelle Obama is not inferior to anybody, unless you talk about you know her graduate work, which was inferior to most graduate work. Uh, just because she is, she's she's not. I'm not saying that. First of all, the Obamas are very good politicians, and they know how to capitalize on guilt. And I think that's the important thing about the Obamas. But uh, there's a piece that came out uh, this last week about Michelle Obama potentially running for office in 2024. Now, I think, this is my prediction, it's going to happen. It may not happen in 2024, but Michelle Obama will run for office in the next two election cycles. they may not. She may not run in 2024 if Joe Biden decides he wants to run again. I don't know if he's going to get primaried or not. But I do think Michelle Obama is going to run for president at some point in the next 10 years. And I say that because the Obamas enjoy the limelight. They enjoy being in power. And Michelle Obama really liked power. And she would be as groundbreaking in fact more groundbreaking than her husband because you know obama as the first black president is from a mixed race family michelle obama is not and michelle obama is also female so she would knock out two birds with one stone in more ways than one <clears throat> so i think michelle obama in legacy her legacy would be different than being first lady michelle obama her legacy would be the first female president and the first president to be uh, to be entirely African American. That would be her legacy. And I think the Obamas are interested in legacy. So I think it's highly possible in the next 10 years we see Michelle Obama running for office. Maybe not 2024, but certainly by 2028. You heard it here. Right. Kamala Harris would be in the same situation as Barack Obama. She's African and Indian. And so, again, it would not be like Michelle Obama. And I don't think Kamala Harris can win. I mean, look, Kamala Harris is despised by anybody that gets to know her. She didn't even get 1% of the Democrat primary vote. She was only put on the ticket because it was, as I mentioned, way back when before the 2020 election. I talked about this in... Uh, early 2020, actually, I think it was uh, uh, March 2020, I believe, or no, I'm sorry, maybe it was 2019. I started talking about this. I can't remember the exact date, but that Stacey Abrams or Michelle or, or um, I'm sorry, Kamala Harris would be the choice of the Democrats for vice president. I thought it was clear. I think it was early 2020 when I said this. It was clear that was going to happen, and it turned out that was the case. Um, so I'm I'm telling you now on the Brian McClanahan show here in March of. 2022, Michelle Obama will be the Democrat nominee for president no later than 2028. Now, Joe Biden's next two years are really going to be key for the Democrats. I don't think if, if we keep going in the same direction we're going right now, I don't know if Joe Biden's going to win in 2024 uh, with inflation, what it is with, uh, you know, the economy, uh, looking like it's going to go in the tank, even though, of course, job hi- hirings are up and all this stuff. But with spending, uh, the Biden administration has no answer for inflation. We've got this really nasty trouble in foreign policy. Uh, I mean, I think that Biden is is a disaster, and I think most Americans know Biden is a disaster. So I'm not certain he wins in 2024, but I think they're going to let him run. Uh, Hillary Clinton might primary him. I don't know. She's also not very well liked. So Biden's going to be more likable than Hillary Clinton. He's already in office, so I think it's pretty pretty, pretty easy that uh, he would get the nomination again if he ran. I'm not so certain anyone would primary him. But when you get to 2028, that's when I think Michelle Obama makes her move. And uh, Hillary Clinton would be too old to run at that point, even though Biden is going to be 81 uh, if he runs there. But I think that they would almost look at Biden like the sacrificial lamb, and get somebody else in there, and then let Michelle Obama crush the Republicans in 2028, and then get two terms out of it. Because she would. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. If Michelle Obama runs, she wins. She'd win in 2024. I'm sorry. She would win in 2024. She would win in 2028. She'd win in 2032. She would win. There's no question about it. She would win, because Americans have not gotten over identity politics, and it, substance doesn't matter. It's all image, and the Obamas are all image. Now, there was a piece that came out Uh, It was in the Daily Mail. The title is Michelle Obama 2024 presidential bid would put Republicans in a very difficult position. Despite her past insistence against running for the White House, Michelle Obama is is a completely plausible 2024 candidate, a former Trump aide said. A former Trump administration official this weekend floated the possibility of Michelle Obama succeeding President Biden as a 2024 Democratic nominee warning that the former First Lady would be a formidable opponent That the GOP. I think this is 100% correct. I don't think she's going to run in 2024, though. I think they're going to let Biden work through. Kamala Harris is not going to win the nomination if she runs on her own. Uh, and she won't win in primarying Joe Biden. So I think if Biden wants to run again, they're going to let him. Kind of like Bob Dole in 1996, they're going to let him. Will the Republicans have anybody that's as good? See, What I think the Democrats would hope, they might lose in 2024 and again make Biden be the sacrificial lamb because if it's someone like Ron DeSantis that could be like this new rock star for the Republican Party, the idea would be for Michelle Obama to crush him in 2028, which would happen. I don't care who it is. Michelle Obama is going to win if she runs. Quote, if Democrats were to run Michelle Obama, that would put us in a very difficult position, former Trump aide Monica Crowley said at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando on Saturday. They reach for a candidate who is completely plausible, very popular, and immune to criticism. 100%. I I think this is 100%. You can't criticize Michelle Obama because if you do, you're going to be called all kinds of names. Now, anyone with integrity wouldn't care because all those names would be false. But... You, she would be the darling of the left. And she would come in and do all kinds of crazy leftist things in office. But, and I think that she would appeal more to the progressives than, than people realize. She's not a centrist at all. She would be in line with doing some of the stuff the progressive left wants to do. I mean, she's on record saying she doesn't care if you know anything. Just vote. Just vote for me. I don't care if you're stupid. Vote. Crowley, who is Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Public Affairs under Donald Trump, I mean, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Public Affairs. What the hell is that position? Appeared in a, at a panel discussion alongside former White House physician-turned-House-Representative Ronnie Jackson, conservative activist Jack Probziak and California lawyer Kurt Schlichter during the multi-day event. After tossing the popular Democratic First Lady's hat in the ring, Crowley explained how Obama would have been positioning herself to mount a White House bid in the years after her husband... Barack Obama left the White House in early 2017. When you think about her positioning, she spoke as a Democratic National Convention keynote speaker in 2020, Crowley claimed. She wrote her autobiography and did a 50-city tour. She has massive Netflix excuse me, and Spotify deals, and she's got a voting rights group alongside Stacey Abrams. I think they're 100% right about this. I mean, look, Obama is positioning herself, not for 2024, but for 2028. I think that's the year. Uh, and I think that's when she's going to make a real splash. Obama's memoir, becoming, becoming, sold more than 2 million copies in various forms within 15 days of publication, quickly becoming a bestseller. It's a testament to the Harvard-educated lawyer's popularity, particularly among Democrats. So that's how they threw that in here, the Harvard-educated lawyer's popularity. Again, all of her academic records were sealed. You want to know why? Because they're so bad. Because they would show that she really wasn't qualified to go to Harvard Law School. And she really wasn't qualified to get, the, to get the degrees that she got. But, hey, she's a product of the system. The whole system. She would be a product of the system even up through the presidency. This is what it would be. It's not merit that's driving it. It's emotion and it's identity politics. Monica Crowley made the comments during a Saturday panel discussion at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Florida. I don't know why they said that twice. She previously served as the Second Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Public Affairs. Again, I don't know why they said that. Now, Obama was voted as the top most admired woman in YouGov's global survey three years in a row, most recently winning the number one spot in December 2021. Now think about that. The most admired woman in YouGov's global survey. Global survey. This is from a woman who didn't know what to give the queen as a gift. It was customary to give a gift. They they didn't really know what to do, but she's all image. There's not really any substance to Michelle Obama. She's 100% image. And the left, the the establishment left, the uh, Hollywood left, the real glitz and glamour love this person. And so that's why. And while Obama has publicly dismissed the idea of running for her husband's old job, a recent Hale Harris ex-Poll placed her high on the list of potential candidates in 2024 should Biden choose not to run. The president, who's so far said he's running for re-election, would be 81 years old at the start of his second term. Now, we all see the mental decline in Joe Biden. Last week I talked about this on this podcast and how bad his mental health really is. But again, the Democrats don't care. And look, if they lose the Congress... I mean, they might chalk it up to, well, we, we're just going to have to take our lumps for six years and we'll be back because we'll run Michelle Obama. And that'll be it. And, then, of course, they'll go into overdrive at some point trying to, you know, maybe they take the Congress back in uh, 2026. What's funny is, of course, when I mention all this stuff and I talk politics, there was a uh, some moron on, on Twitter, uh, on, on YouTube, I'm sorry, that uh, accused me of you know thinking the Republicans are going to be better. I don't think the Republicans are better at anything. I think the Republicans are the stupid party. The person clearly hadn't listened to the show very often, but or at all, except for one episode. The Republicans are going to be terrible in office. If you look with the Republicans, you've got Sean Hannity out there calling for a no fly zone over Ukraine. The Republicans would be awful. Nobody wants the Republicans in, in office, they're terrible. Uh, however, I mean, you could say Trump's foreign policy was better than Biden's. We didn't have a war for four years. That's great. And it's successful. Non-intervention is a successful point for Americans. Nobody wants this war except for the establishment class. And so you run as a non-interventionist, you're going to get a lot of votes. The late November 2021 survey found Obama second in a list of likely Democrat candidates just behind Vice President Kamala Harris. Well, I don't put any weight on that poll then, because if Harris is polling highly, then they're not really asking the right people. And... um, Harris wouldn't get anything, right? The Harris would lo- The only reason Harris would Harris would get votes, of course, because she's got D behind her name. But in terms of popularity, she would be awful. But on Saturday, former Trump aide Crowley highlighted Harris's gaff laden first year. She suggested Obama would be a good alternative so as not to alienate Black women among the Democratic Party's most loyal voters, according to Business Insider. Obama has long been admired by Democrats and even independents and would have an immediate name recognition should she cast a 2024 bid. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter when. She's going to run, and I think Crowley is right about this. Despite her insistence that she won't run, Crowley warned her crowd at the Republican event to be ready for it and compared Obama's profile-enhanced activism that put her back into the public eye after leaving the White House to the actions of Hillary Clinton, another rumored presidential candidate in 2024. For all those people who say Michelle Obama isn't political, they're making too much money now. Keep a very close eye on her because her trajectory is exactly what Barack Obama did before he ran for president and what Bill and Hillary Clinton both did, Crowley said. She reasserted, I think if she were to run, this would be a very difficult situation for us. She'd win. I don't think there's any doubt. Michelle Obama is the, is the ace in the hole for the Democrats. They've got eight years to be in the executive office if Michelle Obama runs for president. You can't say that about any Republican. But if Michelle Obama runs, they've got eight years. There's no one else in America that has that kind of perp- uh, per- uh, popularity besides Michelle Obama. No one. She, if she decides to run for president, she'll be president for two terms. You would have Obamas in the White House for 16 years. And I would say this, Americans love political dynasties. They may say they don't, but they do. They love political dynasties. The Clintons hang around, the Bushes, the Obamas. And you see, Michelle Obama would position herself as a centrist. Look, here's my friend George W. Bush. Look, I would, I would learn so much from my husband in the White House. I mean, this I learned so much from that. And I'm going to take that same path here. But she would be her own person. And Obama, of course, Barack Obama, would be loving it. I mean, he would be back in some diplomatic position, guarantee it. And so you'd have the Obamas around all the time. And all the glitz and glamour would come back and the the entertainment would be back in the White House and it would be grand time again. Obama famously said during a leadership conference in Boston in 2018 that to run for president, my sense is that, first of all, you have to want the job. She went even further to say that she never had the passion for politics, adding, I just happen to be married to someone who has the passion for politics and he drug me kicking and screaming into the arena. Well, In some ways, that's actually an odd endorsement of someone. They don't want the job. And see, that's appealing to this very nature of American politics. You don't want elected kings. You don't want people that want all the power. This is one of the turnoffs to Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Joe Biden. It's always been people that want the power. You don't want people that want the power. You want people that don't want the power to be there. Because theoretically, they do a better job. But I don't think Michelle Obama really doesn't want the power. I think she does want the power. I think she likes the power. But despite her claimed distaste for running for office, Obama has waded into the political arena several times to a warm reception. Obama was seen as a key asset for her husband's successful 2008 and 2012 presidential campaigns, including a highly praised speech of the 2008 Democratic National Convention. She also delivered an impassioned speech endorsing Biden in 2020, claiming he was the only one who could put an end to this chaos of the Trump administration. More recently, Obama waded into November's midterm elections, throwing her weighty influence and her group When We All Vote behind an effort to register 1 million new people for the ballot box this year. In late December, a potential Obama 2024 campaign got backing from an unlikely ally, podcast host Joe Rogan. She's great. She's articulate. She's intelligent. She's the wife of the best president we had in our lifetime, Rogan said. She can win. I think Joe Rogan is right. I don't know about all the first part of it, but the last part of it, she could win is definitely right. All the other stuff, no. This is where it, it makes me laugh about Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan's not a conservative. But it's funny that you know the left thinks of him that way. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump laid down a marker to other possible Republican 2024 runners by winning 59% support of CPAC attendees. The annual straw poll is seen as a key indicator of who is favored by the party base. The survey of 2,500 attendees found the most popular candidates occupied the same political territory as Trump, such as allies Mark Pompeo, Rand Paul, and Kristi Noem. Trump's win was no surprise, but he took five percentage points more than last year, with Governor Ron DeSantis, who gave a rousing speech at the gathering on Thursday, then second with 28%. That left the rest of the field as rank outsiders, with former Secretary of State Mark Pompeo taking 2%, Vice President Mike Pence 1%, alongside Nikki Haley, Governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, and Senators Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. A CPAC status as a gathering of hard-line conservatives tends to skew the results towards the Trumpist wing of the party. If Trump were not running, DeSantis takes 61%. And the Republican Party is already cashing in on the chances of Michelle Obama being their opponent. Two January fundraising emails from the National Republican Senatorial Committee were sent to donors touting the possibility of another bomb in the White House. Quote, left wing Democrats know they are going to lose their majority in Congress this November, so they want to bring out an Obama to save them in 2024, one email obtained by Punchbowl News read. The second stated, quote, rumors are spreading like wildfires that a certain someone, someone who's already spent eight years in the White House, is thinking of running for president in 2024. Again, I don't think she runs in 2024. I think she runs in 2028, and it's eight years guaranteed. It's eight years guaranteed. It's just like when George Wallace, uh, you know, couldn't run for election in Alabama again. He ran his wife, and she won. And, I mean, that's how popular George Wallace was in the state. The Obamas have that type of popularity throughout the United States. And I think this is the key to understanding the setting up for the next 10 years of American political life. In fact, I would say that in six years, Obama runs, and then we have, uh, eight years of the Obamas again. So for the next 14 years, I think the Republicans take the House in 2022 and the Senate, and I think they win the executive in 2024 if things continue to go the way they are now. You can't always predict. If they go the way they are now, I think that uh, the Republicans win in 2024, which means that Obama would be in office in, from, you know, 2029, and uh, she would be there for two terms. Uh, she would be out, you know, what, 2038? 2038? Um, so, um, it's, uh, I, I, don't think there's any question that, uh, 2037, excuse me, 2037, there would be, there's no question that Obama, uh, would, would get two terms in office. So, uh, you heard it here. I mean, the Republicans are worried about it. They're fundraising on it, but I do think, uh, Michelle Obama runs in 2028, not 2024. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think this was going to happen and she'll win two terms and it all goes back to this thing we've talked about this week. The right are bad people. They're all these people ta- attached to, you know, Nazism, all this other stuff, far-right ideology, whatever it is. Um, and the Obamas are going to save America from itself, right? They're going to position it that way. That's how they're going to do it. And look, you can't, you can't criticize Michelle Obama because of identity politics. So... Hope you enjoyed this week of the Brian McClanahan Show. If you want me for a fifth time, head on over to Institute.org. You can get uh, the Abbeville Abbeville podcast there when I talk about all things Southern. So I kind of do some of the stuff. I did a little bit of Abbeville stuff this week on this podcast, but I do it once a week there for all the things we produce that week at the Abbeville Institute. So I'll see you next week on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.